1: When you become a Christian, God takes that old heart, He removes it, and puts in us a new heart. One that's designed and empowered to follow God. Not because you have to, but now you want to. You want to please God. It's exciting. Because God has changed that old, evil nature in us, and now we have somebody else in control.
0: A little bit of compromise is all Satan needs to take back control over our lives. Soon we'll find our hearts have grown cold, hard, and divided. He wants to destroy what God has set in order. We go from being peaceful, happy, and wise, to anxious, bitter, and foolish. Often we're blinded to our own sins because from the outside we look pretty good. Acts of service mean nothing if your heart hasn't been regenerated by God. He wants to give us a new heart and a new spirit so we will follow him and keep his commandments. He wants us to be his people. He wants to be our God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the Book of Proverbs, chapter two, verse twelve, for our continuing study entitled "Where Life Makes Up Its Mind."
1: Lord, let us hear your lessons you need to understand the statement: without God, you cannot do life right. No matter how good you are, no matter how you, you cannot. Do life right. Because the control center, your control center, is not ruled by God. You can't please Him. There's absolutely no way to please Him. Now, Proverbs begins to talk to us about the conditions of our heart. What kind of things our heart looks like. Let's turn back to the book of Proverbs. I'm going to run you through these fairly quickly. What is our heart like today? What does it look like Well, here's what we see. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20. We see here a deceitful heart. That we're just deceived by Satan. Notice Proverbs 12, 20. We'll flip through some of them quickly. There is deceit in the hearts of those who plot evil. So, if you don't have God, you'll do some things that are deceitful. It just comes out naturally from your heart. Look at verse 25, same chapter. Without God, you have an anxious heart. In fact, that word in the Hebrew means this, full of depression, no peace. Do we have any depression in our country today? Now, I'm not saying that every person that has depression has an evil heart. But often, that is the case. Proverbs 12.25 says, an anxious heart weighs a man down. In other words, without God, you can't have peace. So things always bring this anxiety and this depression in our lives. Proverbs 18, 12. You'll see here something very dangerous. It's called a prideful heart. A prideful heart. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud. So a prideful heart is simply this. You say, well, I'm not turning my control center over to anybody. I'm handling my own life. I tell you what will come to your life, a fall. And the fall will be great. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And nobody could have put him back to you, And you will not be put back together. You see, prideful heart will destroy you. Look at one more chapter, 19, verse 3. And here's one that's a, a really tough heart, and our world is filled with it tonight. It's an angry heart. A man's own folly ruins his life. Yet his heart rages against the Lord. One of the reasons for anger is unforgiveness. And maybe you're here tonight, and anger rules your life. And you blame it on the circumstances, or the people, or even God. No, it's inside. You haven't forgiven somebody. This verse says that we can even be angry at God. Now, how could that happen? Well, maybe something in your life took place. A loved one's died. Maybe a, somebody of yours had cancer or a, a terrible disease, and you prayed for them, and you, you just knew God was going to heal them, and God didn't. And you've been sensing that day you've been angry at God. Hey, God is in control. Get over it. Ask forgiveness. We don't live in a perfect world. We have a perfect God, but we live in an imperfect world. Don't have an angry heart. Now, when mankind sees all these things coming out of his heart, and he knows he's wicked, we all know that. Here's the danger. When we look at some of this stuff on television, we look at some of these things people do and whatever we say, I could never do that. Careful. Because that same thing is right in here. It just comes out of us. So what man tries to do when he sees anger and pride and this deceitful heart, he tries to fix the problem externally. He tries to determine that he's going to fix this sin problem from the outside. This is very typical. We were out in in the Salt Lake area. And it's pretty typical in that area with the Mormons especially. By the way, much of Christianity is doing well in the Mormon area. And uh, some of the Calvary chapels and the Baptist churches and others are doing well. People are hearing the word of God and going, "Wow, that's that's good truth," and their lives are being changed, especially the young people. Why? Because they're taught you got to do all these things. You got to get married. You got to get married in the temple. You got to have kids. You got to go on this two-year missionary turn. You got to do that to get your salvation to be right with God. See, they're trying to fix an evil heart with outward things. Well, that's very typical in most religion. Some of you here tonight, you come to church because somebody invited you here. You think by coming, you're going to fix your problem. Good communication, give money, uh, do whatever. Uh, keep the Ten Commandments. You're going to be a person. You're going to promise to do that. You're going to, maybe some of you went and got water baptized today. You thought, well, that'll solve the problem. I'll just get water baptized, get rid of that stuff, and I'll take care of it. No, it won't. The heart can only be fixed on the inside. By God. Man can, needs to be regenerated by God. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe where? Where? In your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Turn with me to Ezekiel. You haven't been there yet because we haven't gone through that book, but Ezekiel's Old Testament. Ezekiel chapter 11. I want you to see what happens when. God gives us a new heart. Ezekiel, chapter 11. Let's look at verse 19. Now watch what God does. When you get saved, God takes this evil heart. It's kind of like a heart transplant. You get a new baby. Watch it. Verse 19. I will give them an undivided heart. And put a new spirit in them. I will f- remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Well, what will that result in? Look at verse 20. This is exciting. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. You see, When you become a Christian, God takes that old heart, He removes it, and puts in us a new heart. One that's designed and empowered to follow God. Not because you have to, but now you want to. You want to please God. It's exciting because God has changed that old evil nature in us, and now We have somebody else in control. God is now at the control center of my life. Now, what does that regenerated heart look like? When God takes that old heart off, we saw what the evil heart looks like. What kind of things? And the Bible is filled. If you want a great study for the rest of the year, just look up every scripture that talks about the heart. You'll be busy till Jesus comes. It's all through the Bible. So let's look back in Proverbs now, just three areas. What does a regenerated heart look like? Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. What can you expect from the inside of you when Christ saves you? What can you expect your heart to look like? What's it going to show on the outside? Well, in Proverbs 14:30, it says, "We'll have a peaceful heart." Look at this. A heart at peace gives life to the body. So that means when Christ is at the control, listen, when Christ is at the control center of my life, I trust Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. It's okay, God's in control. So no matter what comes externally, I can have peace. It may not be what I want, but God's in control. He's on the throne. Look at the next chapter, chapter 15. Not only will I have a peaceful heart, Proverbs 15, 13. Look what else you get. I get a happy heart. I like it. And if you have smiley faces, you put smiley faces in all your letters. Put a happy heart on one of those babies. Big lips under a heart, whatever. Happy heart. What's it say here? Verse 13. A happy heart makes the face cheerful. I want you to read that again. Read it. Let's read it out loud. A happy heart. Say that as you turn to your neighbor and see if anything happens. How many grouches did you find? You know, a happy heart makes a heart tear. No. Why is it why is it that Christianity seems to be finding its place here. Why is it that people went out in the desert after John the Baptist? Why is it that wherever Jesus went, people followed him? Why? Because he gave them peace and he gave them joy. You see, you can't get it by religion. It comes by a relationship. You can't find it outside of God. And when they hear the word When they understand it's going to be there That's what they're looking for It's exciting to see that Look at Proverbs chapter 23 One more key Not only do we get a peaceful heart and a happy heart But we get a wise heart Proverbs twenty-three fifteen says My son, if your heart is wise Then my heart will be glad This is a great verse for a parent You see No matter what happens to your children and grandchildren in life, no matter what, bar anything, if they really have a heart for God, parent, you're going to be happy. In spite of disasters, you're going to be happy. Because overall, the only thing that matters is that we go to heaven. That's all that really matters. When you die, where are you going to go? Notice this verse. If your heart is wise, then my heart as a parent or grandparent will be glad. By the way, it's a great verse for a pastor. If I know that your hearts are after God, I'm satisfied. I'm happy. That's my goal. That's my goal. Now, what this means as you look back at Proverbs 4.23, and I'll just quote it to you. Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Why would Solomon say, let's follow it through, why would Solomon say that we're born with an evil heart, when we ask Jesus Christ into our life, we get a regenerated heart, we get a brand new heart, why would then Solomon say this? Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Why should I have to guard it? Well, I want to give you these keys tonight so you'll understand what Solomon's really trying to say. Let's take a look at them. We're commanded to guard. By the way, the word guard means to watch over, protect, oversee like a watchman. When we were out in Utah for a few days, wonderful time, we stayed at a place called Powder Mountain. It's a really neat condo, and right across from a ski lift. of course, we're there in the summer, so no big deal. And you, you went into this wonderful complex, condos, and and they were buildings like this, and on the ground floor of every one of them was a garage. And they had this little sign, and it said this, Make sure you keep the doors closed. So, when you put your car in, you wanted to close the garage door. The back door that you could walk out of uh, from your a condo and walk out into the hills, you want to make sure you keep that door closed. Why? Well, it didn't take us long to know why. After we were there, there was deer everywhere. There was raccoon everywhere. And one day I was walking and my wife was walking and I walked to a different area and I heard her so, and I look back and she says, moose moose and she says to me get up high get up high so she jumped up high in his big deal and i ran for my life up high and this old moose just walked right on by us he could have cared less and later we, we snuck into the room and and he came behind the condos and he was drinking and I got out and took some pictures out the window and he just looked up, oh you dummy, and just trying to <laughs> Whatever. I don't know why we were panic, but now we knew why we needed to guard the door. Cause I'm thinking, if that turkey gets in the garage, what am I gonna do? I'm in trouble. If he gets in the first floor, I'm dead. I don't know what you're going to do. Big horns. Big horns. I mean, big horns. (laughs) So the sign said, guard the door. Keep it closed. This is what Solomon says. Solomon says to us here, you have to guard, notice, whose heart? Your heart. I I had to go and shut the garage door. I had to do it. You have to do that It's a personal responsibility You have to guard your own heart Nobody else can guard it I'm the only one that can guard it I must realize That I have to guard my heart Now here's why We're going to go through these things in a moment When you guard your heart You have to realize that we have this sin nature That still resides in us And you're going to see in a moment The reason Solomon says guard your heart And we'll give you three keys just want you to stop for a moment and look at your heart tonight. Right here at this part. Just stop. What kind of heart do you have? What kind of heart do you have tonight? You see if you don't guard your heart at best as a Christian it'll be an undivided heart. At worst it'll be a hardened heart. So there's real danger. And that's why Solomon says this is a command. And it's a personal responsibility. And I can't guard yours, and you can't guard mine. Let me give you three ways to guard our hearts tonight. Three ways. Number one, realize that the battle for our control center, which is our heart, is life long. Turn back to the book of Mark. You were there before, chapter 7. We cannot allow ourselves to be deceived it's easy to kick back and do the external things right. But doing the external things can really be a deceitful area of our life. Jesus knew it, and he spoke about it. Mark chapter 7, verse 6. Look at what Jesus said. He replied, Isaiah was right, When he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In fact, verse 7 says they worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Our religious world tonight is filled with people who will attend church this weekend, but they're just going through a ritual. Outwardly, everything looks fine, but God is not at the control center of their life. They've been deceived in thinking that just doing this religious kind of deal will please God, will take care of their sin problem. It won't. There is a danger here for you and for myself exactly the same. That we can begin to be deceived and think that just because we're here, regular worship, whatever, that everything's cool in our heart. It's turned over to God. It may not be. You see, so we always have to guard our heart. There isn't a time in your life Even as a Christian, that Satan doesn't want to come in and divide your heart. He's always looking to take back control. He'll look for any area. He'll start in a small area. And as he does, he doesn't stop. You know it. And that's why the Bible says we need to be careful of the small things. Little bitty compromise begins to turn that heart that once was full on for God. All of a sudden, it's cold. It's cold. And calloused. And we look back and we go, how did I get from there to here? It's because we did not guard our own hearts. And then we're deceived and we go, what? this can't be. I've been in church. I'm But our heart has become cold. A heart that is controlled by God is one that is in obedience to the word of God. It's an obedience toward the Word of God. Turn to Psalm 139. The second key to guarding our hearts is not only to realize that the battle is lifelong. It'll never end. Satan's always after my heart. Because, see, if if he gets a part of my heart, then I don't do life right in that area. I can't think right. I, I, I don't act right. Things coming out of my mouth won't be right. My thoughts won't be right. There'll be an area of my life, a divided heart, that will cause great trouble. In Psalm 139, we see the key to our second principle. Keep a soft heart. You and I have to keep a soft heart. Look at Psalm 139. David says it like this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Well, why, why does David want him to do this? Verse 24. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. See, our old sin nature remains. We need to allow God access to judge our hearts. Often we're blinded. We're blinded to our own sins. Our hearts may be divided by anger, unforgiveness, trouble, fear, whatever. And David says, God, I don't even know my own heart. Jeremiah said that. I can't even fathom what's there. God, you take your spotlight during this devotion time and, and you
0: look at it. What a powerful message. Pastor Mark did an awesome job getting right to the heart of the matter. Next time you might find yourself right in the middle of a heart attack if you're not careful. So please remember, Satan wants to make your heart hard, anxious, and angry. God wants to keep peaceful, happy, and wise. Don't forget there's only one way to repair a problematic heart. It can only be fixed on the inside by God. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4012, and the title of this message is Where Life Makes Up Its Mind. Again, today's message number is 4012, and the title of this message is Where Life Makes Up Its Mind. Now, you won't want to miss Pastor Mark's study next time, where he'll leave us with three keys to guarding our hearts. We'll learn there's danger involved when we repeatedly let our guard down. Guards are to watch over and protect, and to be prepared, we must intentionally search the scriptures. Hide them in our hearts and obey what they say. Remember, without God, you cannot do life right. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurting world, a new hope He is giving. Lord, let us hear.